All right, it is that time of the episode yet again where you guys all get to get very mad at me for having an opinion on where I rank your teams going forward here. So this one is going to be second baseman. Um, Definitely not a terribly strong uh, group of players across the league. And even in the, the prospects, not exactly a whole lot of uh, second base prospects, mainly due to the fact that m- you don't really get like drafted or developed as a second baseman. Second base tends to kind of be something you just kind of get relegated to if you can't cut it at short or maybe in center field. Um, so you see a lot of guys who are currently listed at other positions outside of second base in the minor leagues will probably end up at second base. And I'm not going to sit here and try to predict it. So with whatever fan graphs listed a prospect's primary position, that's how I factored this in. And truthfully, there's not exactly a ton of prospects. Not exactly a very deep prospect group either, but there are a few names here that are are big enough to to make a difference in the ranking. So uh, without rambling on too much farther, let's uh, start at the very bottom here. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I got seven different tiers here. Uh, and we can start off in tier seven. It is a tier of one, and it's going to be Tom. Uh, currently on his major league roster, players with second base eligibility include Javier Baez, Polanco, Chapman, Hasyong Kim, and Nick Madrigal. Uh, of this group, uh, Matt Chapman is the leader um, at his age, and considering the fact that he, I don't think he's actually played much, if any, second base this year. He's kind of holding on to that position based off previous years. Uh, doesn't exactly look like a promising outlook for Tom, but Polanco is a relatively solid second baseman. Not a star, but a guy you could be very comfortable having on your lineup with uh, the, the necessary talent around him to be decent. Uh, Haseon Kim, uh, not all that great. Uh, Javier Baez has been pretty bad this year, but I I like his outlook longer term better than what his numbers show this year, but also someone who's not going to hold on to second base because Jonathan Scope is there and Javier Baez was signed to play shortstop and not second base. Um, uh, player Raider scores here, though, we have Polanco with a, a 5.73, Chapman with a 6.3, but as I mentioned, Chapman riding a heater of all heaters and unlikely to hold a position, although I'm trying not to let that influence my opinion too much. Uh, mainly, it says like a tiebreaker. Because this is, after all, a dynasty rank and trying to balance future with present. Uh, moving into tier six, it is a tier of two. Uh, the first tier here is uh, the first team here in this tier is going to be Nut. Uh, on his major league roster, he's got Owen Miller, Garrett Hampson, Joy Wendell, and Gavin Lux, with Luis Angel Acuna in the minor leagues. Now, Gavin Lux is having a sneaky good year. He's not exactly hitting for power or stealing a ton of bases or really doing a whole lot with the counting stats, but the batting average is really good, and he's getting an on-base. So good to see him showing some signs of life after perhaps having a couple of years where it looked like his rise to being a pretty good player was going to be complicated. So it's good to see that he's back on that track, it seems. But what's really going to drag Nut down here, despite having a 507 on the play rate of score for Lux, uh, the the grouping of Owen Miller, Garrett Hampson, and Joey Wendell is uh, not great. I would take Lux over Polanco, though. Uh, that's going to be why he is uh, up above Tom. And then having Acuna as a prospect just to add a little bit of extra value for terms of the future there. 
Uh, the last team here in Tier 6 is going to be Chris Jeff McNeil. Pretty good. We got a 4.96 on the player rater. Uh, Alemis Diaz, uh, waiver claim. I don't see him being back with Chris, but he's been uh, mm, very mm, That's how I'm to describe his play so far. And uh, Kevin Biggio, one of the many positions that Biggio plays, uh, none of which he provides a ton of great value for in fantasy. Uh, and then the last name here is actually Ty France. Um, I don't really... I'm a little surprised to see Ty France has second base. I wonder if that's holdover from last year, or because I believe he's played almost strictly first base this year. So I'll actually pull up and check that here. But I'm assuming that Ty France, especially that he won't uh, have that next year, um, probably going to not help Chris's situation and thus leaves him mainly with Jeff McNeil as second base options for next year, uh, which is kind of in the same uh, same ballpark as Gavin Lux, in my opinion. That's why he and Nutt are in the same tier, but I would probably take McNeil over Lux just because I think there's a little more uh, counting stats potential with McNeil. Now, the player rater scores between him and Lux are very, very similar, of course. Uh, moving up into Tier 5, this is another Tier of 2, and the fourth from the bottom, first in Tier 5, will be Barry. Now, Barry has by far the most players with second base eligibility. Ultimately, uh, none of them are, like, great. Uh, quite a few players who are very acceptable. Uh, the first one up is going to be Christopher Morrell, who admittedly I didn't realize had second base, but... He's had a pretty good uh, start. I think he's cooled down a little bit, but still a 5.47 on the player rater. Pretty good. Brendan Rodgers, a 4.17 on the player rater. Looks like he's starting to figure it out a little bit. Still skeptical he's going to reach his... He was pretty hyped. Um, geez, I think that would have been maybe like five years ago now or so, give or take a year. And starting to think that that might not be uh, who he is, but it looks like who he is is actually a very good Major League player. Just not a star. Uh, staying with the Rockies, we have Ryan McMahon. He's got a 3.78. Up between those two, actually, is Jorge Mateo with a 3.84. Uh, Kesson Hura is in there, still holding on to second base, a 1.43. Uh, Luis Arias with a 1.13. Luis Garcia, a negative player rider, just barely. And Abraham Toro, also in the negative. Uh, long-term outlook here, Rodgers and McMahon. Uh, not great, but they're capable. And I would definitely consider having them on my team in the right situation. Uh, Luis Arias is, is all right. Uh, he's had, he had a really good week a couple weeks ago, quite a few homers. Uh, long-term outlook though, not a huge, huge fan of it. And as I talked on in the first baseman one, not a huge Cousin Hira fan either. And then the other uh, big name here who I haven't really mentioned a whole lot so far is Jorge Mateo, who his value pretty much strictly comes from stealing bases. And with the Orioles actually starting to look up pretty good right now, uh, admittedly I could see him being DFA'd uh, before the season is up because pretty much all he does is steal bases. He doesn't hit. He doesn't hit for power. His defense is... Admittedly, I don't know what ton of his defense, but like I'm pretty sure it's just mediocre at best at short so we'll see if he uh hangs around long enough to be relevant by the end of the year for our league but in the minors he does have bush and solaire Sol solari uh bush is really the only only notable name there 
and can be part of the reason why he is up in a tier above Chris and Nutt, because Michael Bush is a very solid top 100 prospect, probably one of the top three second base prospects in all of baseball. Not that it's saying a whole lot, but he is a legitimately a very good prospect, and the fact that he's one of few good second base prospects is not something to be held against him. Uh, that and having the two Rockies players, Mick Rogers and McMahon, and I'll throw in um, Luis Garcia as reasonable uh, upside there for for very long term. And sharing the tier with him will be Keith. Now Keith's second base uh, major league situation doesn't look all that great, but Wilmer Flores and Santiago Espinal have been very good. Uh, Ezekiel Duran has spent most of the year in the minors, and Kike Hernandez has spent most of the year hurt. But we have Flores with a 5.78 on the player rater, Espinal with a 4.03. So both have been pretty pretty rosterable. Uh, Flores in particular has been a very productive hitter, but what's going to put Keith just ahead of Barry for me, despite having less quantity and, to be honest, maybe a little less overall quality at the major league level is going to be having C.J. Abrams and Nick York. Two very, very promising prospects, both of whom I would probably put above Michael Bush. Abrams for sure, York probably, and saying that as a Yankee fan is painful, but I'm trying to be as objective as possible here, you know, because I have integrity to uphold on the podcast, believe it or not. Um, so Keith's going to be here just pretty much based on the strength of his prospects and having uh, two, you know, decently rosterable players for the, the, the now in Espinal and Flores. Moving up into Tier 4, it's another Tier of 2. We're going to have a Josh here. Josh has three in the majors, two in the minors. Eduardo Escobar, Whit Merrifield, and Cattell Marte. In the minors, Justin Foscue and Westberg. Uh, Foscue, decent prospect. One of the one of the better ones among second basemen. Maybe not top five, but maybe like a top seven second base prospect. So enough to, you know, kind of factor in here a little bit. Um Cattell Marte with a 5.64 on the player rater. Whit Merrifield with a 4.17. Merrifield now uh, on the wrong side of 30. and looks like age is starting to come up to him a little bit. Not running quite as much. Not being quite as productive as a hitter. But Cattell Marte on his own, despite being very often injured, uh, is going to take uh, precedence here and move Josh up in addition to having two decent second base prospects in the minors. And sharing this tier with him, and this will be three, four, uh, this tier is essentially very much in the middle. Uh, Josh is the first team, first team in the bottom half, and Alex will be the last team in the top half. Uh, also in the same uh, tier four as Josh, Alex has Trevor Story and Max Muncy. Um, I'm going to keep Alex here, despite Max Muncy being a negative one point seven four on the play rater, because I just. I feel like we've seen too much from Max Muncy to immediately write this off as, oh, this is just who he is now. Like, I think we need to, like, you know, give him a little bit of leeway here beyond a bad start, bad first half to to truly evaluate his talent as a player. He's just too good of a hitter, I think, to maintain this. And then having Trevor Story is nice because that's going to be likely, as far as I would assume he's gotten some innings that short, a player who's going to have dual middle infield eligibility, uh, he's going to be playing a lot of second base with Xander Bogarts, even though Bogarts should probably be the one playing second base. But I'm not going to 
going to get into that as a, a Yankee fan who uh, is all too familiar with criticisms about a shortstop saying at shortstop who probably should not have stayed at shortstop when a better shortstop came along and joined his team. Anyways, Story does have a 707 on the player rater, and I'm going to have the, I would take the duo of Story and Muncie over uh, Merrifield, Marte, and then either Foscu or Westberg. Uh, tier 3, the fifth place team on this list will be a tier of one, and it is going to be Paolo. Up the middle, led by a Yankee duo, DJ LeMayhew and Labor Torres. Torres with a 745 on the play rider, LeMayhew with a 702. Jurickson Profar also has second base, and like he had first base uh, last week. And Profar, uh, been, you know, kind of quietly productive. He's not lighting up, but he has a little bit of production here, a little bit of production there, and it all adds up to being a an above average and very rosterable player for our format. But it truly is uh, Torres and LeMahieu carrying a lot of the value here. And Chris Taylor, too, who, even though he's been hurt most of the whole year, uh, I'm going to keep uh, Taylor uh, in in strong consideration here and having LeMahieu, Torres, and Taylor as the ones who I'm more confident in going forward. I like that a lot, but LeMahieu, of course, on the wrong side of 30. I believe Taylor, ha- Taylor has to be. Right, I mean, he just looks it, but he's been around for a while. So Paolo's going to be held out just a little shy of Tier 2, mainly because of the the age factor here, but I would put him above Alex and Josh just because I just think he has a little more uh, talent there with, with three quality second-base-eligible players, whereas Alex and Josh kind of sitting on two for the moment. Uh, that'll move us up to Tier 2. I want to have myself in uh, fourth here, Tier 2. Yeah, I know, Scope has been playing most of my second base, but if you look at the other players on my team, uh, Miguel Rojas, Jake Cronenworth, Nico Horner, and Brandon Lau with Nick Gonzalez, uh, in my opinion, a top two uh, second base prospect in all baseball, maybe top three, I guess, depending on how you uh, how you view uh, Michael Bush. I think he and Gonzalez are decently close, and I could see an argument for flipping them either way, both, of course, being behind Abrams. I guess York should be in, the, in that discussion, too, with York, Bush, and Gonzalez for who is behind Abrams. But this is going to be mostly carried by Brandon Lau and Jake Cronenworth. Uh, just, I like them long-term. They're both decently young, uh, decently productive, too. Brandon Lau has been, I think he's been in the top 10 in AL MVP voting the last two seasons. So as as he gets healthy, hopefully he can stay healthy for the whole year in really be a boost to the walleye in that regard. Uh, Josh Rojas has found himself to be a pretty handy little player. And Nico Horner, despite Chris trying to slander him without actually knowing what he was talking about, has been pretty decent so far this year. And he could potentially find himself on the trade market here within a week or two. Uh, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, depending on how players on my team uh, get healthy. And above me, the last team in Tier 2 here, the third place team, is going to be Nathan uh, Nathan has Jonathan India, Andres Jimenez, John Bertie, Ozzy Albies, Gene Segura with Tyler Freeman, uh, Xavier Edwards, and Isak Paredes in his minor league system. Uh, Nathan just has a lot of value here. Uh, Albies, the the main uh, driver here, even though he's been hurt for most of the year and will be hurt for most of the year, Ozzy Albies has an argument for perhaps being the best dynasty second baseman. Uh, I don't want to, like, 
overset my bounds here. Like, unless I'm, like, completely... As I'm looking over this list, I'm trying to see a name here that, like, stands out to me. It's like, oh, that's obviously better than Albies. Not exactly finding it, which makes me think it is at least an argument. So hopefully I don't look completely foolish uh, in saying that. But having Albies is going to be real helpful. Uh, Gene Segura has actually been very quality uh, when he's been in the lineup. Obviously hurt also. Part of the reason why Nathan has been selling off and languishing near the bottom. John Bertie has stolen a ton of bases. I don't know how much I like his long-term outlook, but he's been pretty pretty helpful this year for Nathan. Uh, Bertie with an 8-1-1 on the player radar, might I add. Uh, and then Andres Jimenez with a 7-8-1. Jimenez has been very quietly, very productive for Nathan. Uh, and that's why Nathan will be just a bit uh, ahead of me. In addition to having three notable second-base prospects, I don't know how much Freeman, Edwards, or Paredes will have a substantial impact in our league at the major league level. I think they're all quality players who should at least get major league games and weren't being on a DSAC roster at some point in their career. So there's definitely value in that. But having Jimenez and Albies and Segura, you have to imagine Jonathan India won't be a negative value player Raider player for his whole career after winning Rookie of the Year last year. Stranger things have happened, but I, I would like to believe in the talent with India there. Uh, moving on now, that leaves Tier 1, and kind of a spoiler in the uh, the group chat earlier, I mentioned how the top seven players eligible at second base for our league are owned by uh, only two teams, and spoiler alert, those two teams are going to be one and two in our ranking. Funny how, how that works out. Uh, none of them will have notable second base prospects at the moment, but in second place, I will put Ping, he's got Jose Altuve, Trey Turner still holding on to second base eligibility, Tommy Yedman, Tyro Estrada, and David Fletcher. Now, Fletcher's been hurt for most of the year, but Turner's got a 15.64 on the play Raider, Altuve a 9.85, Edmund a 9.14, and Tyro uh, a 7.01. Now, Estrada, I don't really believe long-term in being a 7.01 on the play Raider, but he's been pretty good to start the year, and I think he's definitely a worthwhile player to have in our league. Tommy Edmund? been pretty good i like him as like a very good like middle infield option perhaps a utility option going forward for a long time i i really really like the player uh, jose altuve getting up there a bit in age obviously not a fan as a yankee fan uh but I have to admit altuve is a damn good ball player but the age will kind of hold hold pain back here and so will Trey turner despite the fact he is far and away the best player this year with second base eligibility uh, is well, he doesn't play second base anymore. He's back to shortstop full time, and I know I said I'm trying not to factor in long term eligibility too too much into this, but when it comes down to Ping and Mike, uh, ha- the fact that Ping will likely not have Trey Turner at shortstop next year, uh, not a uh, ideal situation for him. Uh, we have Mike now in first place, and as I am saying. Uh, Trey Turner with Ping. Uh, there's a very important name I left out with Nathan. Nope, never mind. That's a, uh, a different position. I'm an idiot. Anyways, back to Mike. I'm 19 minutes in. I'm not cutting this. I'm not <laughs> re-recording this. You're going to have to deal with that little uh, 20 seconds of uh, screw up. Back to Mike, who will be in first place. He's got Brandon Drury with a 10.07 on the player radar. A little skeptical about Drury uh, keeping that up, but Drury does have some pedigree coming up as a prospect. He was 
kind of underperformed a little bit and was like a reclamation project by the Yankees before he refused to admit that he was like blind or had something going on with his head and he was too stubborn and ended up being like DFA'd before that was like found out or moved on from or whatever before, you know, that was like actually known, which feels like a kind of a not great thing to hide from your employer, but is what it is. But Marcus Semyon, uh, an eight eight two one on the player rater, Araya is an eight five eight, and Jazz Chisholm an eight seven nine. Uh, the main reason for Mike above Ping, and this is really close, and that's why they're in the same tier. I mean, having Jazz is very helpful, and then Semyon and Araya's also very uh, very helpful there for Mike. Semyon obviously a bit older, but Araya and Jazz very much on the right side of thirty. And I just like that slightly uh, longer term over Ping, uh, especially with Turner likely falling off for Ping here shortly. So that is my logic behind having Mike at one. So the recap here, Mike and Ping in Tier 1, Nathan and Ronnie in Tier 2, Paolo in Tier 3, Alex and Josh in Tier 4, Keith and Barry in Tier 5, Chris and Nut in Tier 6, Tom all by his lonesome in tier seven.